Thank you, Rosie, and thank you so much, everyone, for coming. I used to eat like a bird, a bird in question being a herring gull. The, my undoing was, was cheese. I, I would start with just a little bit, and then I think, hmm, a cracker would follow that very nicely. So I'd have a cracker, and then I think, hmm, a little bit more cheese would follow that nicely, and then maybe an apple, and then a bit more cheese. I was chain eating. And uh, if it weren't for the amount of exercise I, I did, I would have ballooned. And then last September, something changed. Something which I think will perhaps be a lifetime change. And it changed in what apparently at first sight looks like an odd way. I was walking along a river in Devon. And as I walked up it, I realised the river was dead. The only life form remaining in it, the only life form, was sewage fungus, which completely covered the bed of the river. And it was long and feathery, which meant that there was some extreme form of pollution which had been going on for months. <clears throat> and I followed that pollution. I traced it up the hill to a dairy farm, where I found that the slurry pits um, had been leaking through a broken pipe which was coming straight down into this beautiful river which was supposed to hold um, uh, uh, salmon and lampreys and um, stone loach and all sorts of rare species of all kinds just been totally wiped out. I reported it to the Environment Agency. I said, um, look, major pollution incident. They said, yes, we're taking this terribly seriously. So two weeks later, I phoned them up and said, what have you done? They said, oh, we decided it's not a serious incident, so we're not going to enforce I said, what do you mean it's not a serious incident? What, what do they have to do, detonate an atom bomb? They've wiped out this entire river. How could that not be a serious incident? They said, well, sir, we didn't find a fish kill. I said, of course you didn't find a fish kill. There aren't any sodding fish left to kill. A fish kill is what you'd expect to see when you have an acute case of pollution. This is chronic pollution. There are no fish. There cannot be a fish kill. I wrote about this in The Guardian, and then a whistleblower got hold of me and said... This is now standard practice. We have been instructed on behalf of the farming industry to stop enforcing river pollution. Because basically, the great majority of pollution incidents now are coming from farming. The farmers don't like it. From on high, we have been told that unless there's a total tsunami of slurry coming down all at once, just leave it alone. Don't even investigate, let alone enforce. I was amazed by this. And as I looked around, I saw that just about everything I loved in this country was being wiped out by similar forces, by an unregulated livestock industry. We um, have heard uh, there have been some fantastic campaigns, including by Jamie here, about the, the horrendous conditions in which animals are kept indoors. But that, um, those awful welfare conditions are matched by the environmental disaster of free-range meat and eggs, something we don't want to talk about at all, but you have loads of chickens in a field, they're laying down a great layer of soluble reactive phosphate, first rainstorm that comes along, a whole lot goes down the river and take that river out for eutrophication. You, you have pigs in fields which in many places are doing so much damage to the soil that a friend of mine calls it open cast pig mining. And that soil is totally mashed and that too ends up in the rivers. Uh, sheep. Don't get me started. Uh, our hills have been comprehensively sheep-wrecked, thoroughly shagged to within an inch of their lives by the white plague, and also produce almost nothing. There's hardly any industry on earth with a higher ratio of destruction to production. And what I realised is that the industry which is doing us in is at the same time 
doing in the living world. The two things are meshed together. And so I stopped. I stopped eating almost all farmed animal products just like that. Occasionally when I'm away from home, I'll, I'll have the odd egg or a bit of milk in my tea when I can't really control the, 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 the food I'm getting so much. And the amazing thing was that the cravings went overnight. I, I was a thoroughly greedy person before. I'm now only a 90% greedy person. And, and I don't do that chain eating. I don't feel the need to do that chain eating. I was basically getting a fat hit, a great fat high. And then that would, would drive me to keep pursuing that dopamine reward pathway until I could get another one and another one and another one. You take that element out of your diet and don't, that urge, that craving is no longer there. And this is a tremendously powerful drive in us. That to, to, to uh, this craving for high-energy foodstuffs, which, of course, as Philip was pointing out, is a drive readily, magnificently, cleverly exploited by a food industry which day by day looks more and more like the tobacco industry. Rats who are habituated to both cocaine and sugar, in the majority of cases, when offered a choice, will go for the sugar. And they will go for the sugar because it hits that reward pathway even harder than the cocaine hits it. Once people become obese, it's incredibly hard to get off that because your body undergoes a whole lot of metabolic and physical changes which makes it want to cling on to that fat which it's begun to lay down. And even if, by some near miracle, obese people manage to get down to a normal BMI, a normal weight, um, it's much harder for them to sustain the normal weight than for people who've never been obese. You have to consume 300 fewer calories per day to sustain that weight if you've been obese than you do if you've not been obese because your body's constantly trying to bring you back to the equilibrium that you had before. And yet despite this, we use obesity as a whole new frontier of snobbery and opprobrium, a way of judging, as Philip, Phil says, largely poorer people. The old question, when did you last see your father, has been replaced with when did you last see your feet. <laughs> and and, 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 and it's not accidental that it's being loaded upon the individual. We live in these neoliberal times, this time of market fundamentalism, in this extraordinary circumstance where we are told this is a free market economy. And for the corporations, it is until they need subsidies, a handout and the rest of it. I mean, much of that 3.6 billion a year which is going into farming in this country goes, that helps farmers to load our land with more and more animals with all the attendant problems that those cause it, that causes. Um, there are subsidies for industry going out left, right and centre. But when it comes to the individual then you are subjected to the, the most religious rigours of the market which could possibly be imposed by a, our Torquemada of a Chancellor. You and you alone are responsible for your welfare in this free market. No one else is going to bail you out. No one is going to help you. No one is going to subsidise you. And it has got to the point where David Cameron is even experimenting with the idea of cutting people's social security if they do not take effective treatment for 
obesity. What is effective treatment for obesity? Basically, it's bariatric surgery. Oh, is he going to force people to undergo surgery? Is that what the program consists of? But they, you know, as I say, this is not random. It's not random that this is being loaded upon the individual. It's being loaded upon the individual because the alternative is to point the finger where it should be pointed at the corporations. And from farm to fork, from the people, for instance, who are now creating chickens, which have three times the fat and only two-thirds of the protein that chickens had in 1970, to the people who are loading our food subtly and below the radar with both sucrose and high-fructose um, uh, high corn syrup, both of which increase effectively its addictive properties. The people who insisted um, under the coalition government that um, the regulation of the nutritional content of foods was taken away from the Food Standards Agency and put well, nowhere really, handed over to this responsibility deal which the government struck with the corporations which made all the um, measures which might be taken, such as a traffic light system, the only one which consumers really understand for labelling how much salt and fat and sugar there is in the food, into voluntary measures. And surprise, surprise, the worst offenders are the ones least likely to apply those voluntary measures. And at the same time, as this blitz of propaganda, of marketing propaganda, on online in particular, much of it still aimed at children because there's been no effective um, measures to stop advertising to children online, um, they have been misleading us about the effects of this loading with high-energy foods. Um, they've been using a very similar tactic to the tobacco industry um, by ensuring that um, they cast as much doubt as possible on the very clear science which shows that X amount of sugar and X amount of fat are going to cause X amount of obesity, diabetes, and all the other diseases which we've just begun to hear about. And, in fact, many of the public relations operatives who worked for the tobacco industry, when they saw that the game was up, shifted across to the food industry, where they're doing exactly the same as they were doing before. And, um, and of course, you know, as Phil says, we have this placing within shops, often at toddler eye level, of, these, of, of sweets and chocolates, which makes it incredibly difficult, often, for parents to resist. You go into WH Smith to buy the most healthy product known to humankind, the Guardian, and they say, they say uh, would, you like, would you like to supplement this, uh, sir, with uh, a ton of chocolate for just a pound? Just get it off the counter. And everywhere you go, it's just being pushed at us and pushed at us and pushed at us in this tremendously obesogenic environment that is being created. And all the while, the responsibility for dealing with this problem is pushed back onto the people. And it's highly profitable. Um, in the United States, it's estimated that the extra amount of high-energy foods that people are eating above and beyond their calorific needs is worth to the corporations $20 billion a year. They are not going to give that up voluntarily. They will not give that up through voluntary applications of traffic light schemes, etc., etc. They will do everything possible to undermine that until governments do the one thing that this government flatly refuses to do, which is to intervene. 
And until that point, it's going to be incredibly difficult for people who aren't empowered, as people like myself are, to change their diets. But what I see is not just a massive loss of health, of healthy life years, but also, as I say, a massive loss of our planetary systems, a massive loss of everything which, well, makes my heart sing, everything that's worthwhile. Livestock farming, for example, with all its attendant health problems, is now the leading cause of species extinction worldwide. It's the leading cause of habitat destruction worldwide, both directly for the grazing, but also for the grain and the soil which is being poured into them. It's the leading cause of raising grain prices, causing malnutrition in countries which are simultaneously suffering, well, two different kinds of malnutrition, too little food and too much food, all at the same time, depending on, on what your purchasing power is. It's a multi-pronged attack on human welfare that we are facing. And the only way this is going to change <clears throat> is through a concerted, public, democratic lobbying effort of the kind that was waged against the tobacco industry. This cannot be won without a fight, not be won without a massive fight, not be won without a revolution against the people who are destroying not only our lives, but also our world. Thank you.